Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. Let's talk about our wild weather. Neil Humphreys, the haze is well, not only back, it's been here for a while. We got a hundred and something, 150 hot spots in Sumatra, over a thousand in Kalimantan. And of course, the innocent people like us who have nothing really to do with it are the ones caught breathing bad air. Well, yes, on behalf of every listener, I'll just say that sniff was brought to you by the forest fire burners of Indonesia. Yes, they have said, the National Environment Agency have said that the next 12-ish hours may go into the unhealthy range. And they've also said that, look, it's a lottery. It all depends on the wind conditions. Nobody can predict. The fires are still burning. You're absolutely right. If they blow one way, we get moderate. If they blow the other way, we get unhealthy. Mm. It does feel like an unnecessarily environmental spin, if you like, on the roulette wheel. I think it's a bit hard on our children to say, well, if the wind blows this way, you'll be fine. But if the wind blows this way, you can't do any outdoor activity. If it gets too bad, you're going to have to wear a mask. If you're elderly, you can't go out. If you have any kind of breathing conditions, asthmatic, dust allergies like I do, you might have to also stay indoors or take tablets, which I do or wear a mask, it just gets so frustrating. And your point about, you know, it's not our fault, it's not our fault in a literal sense, but we can only say what we say every time, which is try to use products Mm. (laughs) that do not originate from these plantations where these burnings are happening. It's hard. We're all culpable to a degree. But you reach a point where what else can we do here? It's interesting. As, as I reported in the news this morning, the pollution, the PSI was at 98 yep. last night, which the threshold for, quote unquote, unhealthy is 101. So yep. it was very close. And it's down a little bit this morning, I guess. But just this whole idea, though, the transboundary haze, of course, Indonesia and Malaysia are going at it because Malaysia is, ac- is accusing Indonesia and Indonesia is saying, no, the, the wind's blowing the other way from Kalimantan. It's your problem. Um, you know, all this sort of stuff. And of course, uh, KL, unfortunately, EPO have been really hit, uh, closed the airport yesterday in EPO. Terrible. The, the visibility was so bad. Um, but when we look at this, is it time for a name and shame campaign? Uh, you know, various um, environmental groups have been yeah. saying, let's just, let's get a name, let's get the lists of, of the plantations, who they're owned by, and start calling them out and telling people, stop buying products made by them. Yeah, I'm of the opinion, yes, um, because I just feel, and this is a very misanthropic conversation for a Saturday morning, but I do feel that if you look at all issues, whether they're big or small, let's take a smaller issue like smoking in bars or restaurants or or e-scooter usage, things we've talked about. At some point, you do have to kind of name and shame to get people to change their Mm. behavior, whether it's the micro level or the macro level. Unless you start shaming e-scooter riders or people who smoke in the wrong places, frankly, human condition, we won't change our behavior. And I think at a much broader level, I do feel that applies. Also, there's, there's twofold. One, it shames the companies, so you have a bad corporate image. But two, there is a knock-on effect, I think, because you end up being children, God bless the children, who say to their parents, you know this product we have in our bathroom, right? Well, I've just read a list at school, and they say they are the biggest <laughs> contributor to the haze. So you almost end up shaming your parents, your grandparents, mm. your aunts and uncles. Sadly, I wish it didn't have to get to this 
but I think, Glenn, you're absolutely right. Name and shame. I mean, just look at this. 222 hotspots in Sumatra, 1,264 hotspots in Kalimantan on Thursday. And as you said, you get the understandable but petty arguments. The geopolitics starts coming into play. Sure. You've got... Prime Minister Mahathir Mohamed in Malaysia, and you've got the Indonesian Premier Joko Widodo arguing, you're doing it as well. No, I'm doing it. Yeah, but yours is bigger than mine. Kids in yeah. a playground yeah. arguing. And, and they've had to release figures. They have literally had to release figures, the Malaysians, to say, yes, we do have one or two hotspots, but a Singapore-based ASEAN specialised meteorological centre Malaysia had to release their latest findings to say, yes, there are 474 hotspots in Kalimantan. This was on Tuesday. It's got worse since then. Mm. 387 in Sumatra. There are seven in the whole of Malaysia. (laughs) Seven. So it's a little bit rich of the Uh. Indonesians to say, you know, well, you're doing it as well. Yes, they are. But guys, you're sounding like kids in a kindergarten. Let's all get around the table and fix this together. You know, we can't overlook the... You know, the, the root cause is, in many of these cases, is the small, independent farmer that doesn't have Absolutely right. machinery to take down the, yep. you know, cut down the, the forest it's or just cheaper. whatever. It's up by a factor of, you know, 20 yep. or 30 or 40, right? Yep. Um, it's cheaper. So, you know, there are people that are trying to make a living, and this is the only way that they believe that they can do it or that is available to them right now. So, okay. And in many cases, the large the largest plantations have tried to go to sustainable. I remember even going into Malaysia and in JB up in Kulai and you know when the season comes and the trees are done they're not burning the trees uh, on the existing plantations they're cutting them down and they're laying them lengthwise in the rows between the new trees right yes. and then those old trees become fertilizer and it, but that takes a certain kind of machine tractor to do it and you know and money and all that so there's certainly ways that it could be done economically for some I would imagine the poorer uh, farmers in Indonesia it's not economically possible for them to do yeah. it that way but there just has to be when, – when you consider cost to the country yep. of health care issues, of lost productivity, work time, just closing Ipoh Airport for the day, how much did that cost And somebody? schools. Uh, there was a, schools, a lot of schools in KL were closed. It and affects the tourism industry. All I don't want to go to KL at the moment. You know? Wouldn't it be cheaper to take that money that's spent on lost time and productivity and figure out how to funnel it, channel it toward – the farmers that need some help to yeah. sustainably uh, do what they need to do. Well, you're absolutely right. But unfortunately, that's you're looking at it from a logical perspective. And this yeah. is always such an emotional issue. And particularly when there's politics involved, of course it makes sense. But firstly, I'm not even sure if such a, a survey has been conducted. I wish it has to show the cost effect, you know, ratio between burning and not burning versus the economic effects of the haze mm. enveloping your entire city or country. Of course, it would seem like an absolute no brainer to me. But As you say, there has to be the financial will Mm. to say this will cost more in the short term. And it will. And that's never something a politician likes to hear. This will cost more in the short term to introduce the machinery, which could be done to bring down the trees in a more environmentally sustainable manner. But it will cost more. However, in the long term, and look, we don't know. The projections are not there to read. But in five years or maybe 10 years, I actually think it'd probably be less than that. But... You know, you will see the long-term economic benefits yeah. because you will see a haze-free country or a haze-free city is more productive in all sorts of ways. Of course, that's what needs to be done. And the other knock-on effect, the products will go up. The mm. price of the products that are uh, being used from palm oil or whatever it is mm. will go up. And then, of course, you get the man in the supermarket or the man in the pharmacy saying, 
this has gone up 50 cents. <laughs> and it might have a message on the bottle saying, on the shampoo bottle or whatever it is saying, you know, uh, this has been produced by Echo Sustainable, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't care about that. Unfortunately, he cares about the price. This week, though, somebody might say, you know what? I'm willing to pay 10 extra cents. I am. <laughs> I'm Absolutely. willing to pay 15 extra cents for which whatever is, if if we could not have this haze. Which every is year. often the thing, isn't it? It's right? that cliche about the darkest before the dawn. You mm. almost have to see this is where we're going to end up if we don't pull back. Yeah. If we don't introduce the machinery and if we're not willing just to pay a, a few more cents per shampoo bottle, I'll do it. And I think you're right, Glenn. I, I think a, a healthy percentage of Singaporeans and Malaysians and Indonesians would, if they can, would pay a couple of cents more if it meant a haze-free environment. I'm sure they would. Yeah. Our wild weather. The haze is back with Neil Humphreys right here on Money FM. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.